Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 13th Year Podcast. This is episode number 23. I'm Tim McCory. And I'm Jack Selvin. So just a little bit of had a just a little bit of a heads up. This is gonna be a little bit of a weird episode. Um for the second half we'll have Neil join us, but uh me and Jack kind of botched the interview. We're taking all the blame. We kinda like were rushed in the in our call with Neil and we weren't really prepared and we kinda went on and just didn't ask any good questions and we still got some great moments just because Neil's a you know, funny guy, but it's not kind of as coherent as a conversation as we normally would have liked. So apologies to Neil. We'll have him back on and not worried. But anyway, it's going to be a little bit of a, you know, not our best maybe conversational episode for that matter. Additionally, this is being recorded shortly after uh finishing the last episode so we won't be talking about kind of what we've been up to instead we kind of wanted to focus on some uh world events and other things and especially kind of discuss uh our you know opinions and reactions to the russian invasion of ukraine so anyway i'm talking for a lot here jack don't tell me what's up but how you feeling uh yeah i mean uh, just kind of like you said, we're just going to, obviously, Russia, Ukraine, huge, or the Russian invasion of Ukraine, I should say, like huge thing that's happening uh, in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, very international response. And even though, uh, you know, us and a lot of other people aren't like directly involved, it uh, it's kind of, it's certainly made, it's on everyone's radar and it's kind of in the forefront of the, uh, of international attention. So we felt like we wanted to talk about it. Uh, neither of us are reporters or political experts in any way. Yeah. So uh, we, we don't want to be giving like our, uh, military strategy analysis or, uh, even like, anything more than the most surface level political analysis because um, neither of us claim to be experts and we shouldn't be taken as such, but just kind of our general reactions. And like, obviously this is a pretty massive world event. So just looking back and seeing what our thoughts were at the time and uh, kind of how it plays out in the future, uh, we think it'll be interesting to listen back on, but uh, we should not be <laughs> your main source of information, obviously. So don't don't take us as such yeah so i i guess it starts uh nine days ago when putin announced would be a special military operation uh which you know really just meant after you know recognizing the independence of a russian-backed separatist region in eastern ukraine uh russian troops of which two hundred fifty thousand had amassed uh on the border of both you know, Belarus and the Ukrainian-Russian border invaded. And over the past nine days, there has been, uh, you know, a war happening in Ukraine. So, uh, I'm, as Jack said, we're going to try not to go into, like, technical specifics because, you know, it'd be a little bit of a game of telephone of me trying to remember what I read from, you know, New York Times or saw or anything. So, our, you know, 
don't exactly, you know, listen to our numbers that we wanted to kind of add our, you know, reaction and kind of just our thoughts as, you know, a big and horrible, you know, world event takes place. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I guess the big thing for us as people who live thousands of miles away, thousands of miles away from the actual conflict, um, it's kind of the just very coming together of countries all over the world. Uh, there's been a very international response. Uh, and it's been very interesting to kind of see the lines in the sand, I guess. Uh, there was a kind of good graphic I saw earlier today of there was a UN resolution to, I don't know, I maybe it was just to kind of condemn the invasion of Ukraine uh, or just define it as that, or I'm not totally sure. But um, Russia was the only one to vote no, and obviously all the NATO countries voted yes, and uh, kind of who you'd expect. Uh, and there were a few kind of notable uh, no votes and a few notable uh, countries like China and India and uh, Cuba and a few countries in the Middle East who abstained from voting. So it does just kind of show who's in the Russian sphere of influence, who's in the Western sphere of influence. And um, that's kind of what this whole thing seems to be about from the Russian perspective, at least, uh, where they they are losing that influence, especially with NATO growing in power and um, the EU growing in power uh, or in it kind of expanding and uh, Ukraine wanting to become both of that. And I think they had a president before Zelensky who refused to like... He's very, he was very were, pro-Russia. Yeah, they were all set up to join the EU. And then last second, he's like, eh, I'm not going to sign this. And then that's when there were a ton of protests and eventually he fled the country. Um, and eventually Zelensky was um, elected and within that with, you know, Crimea and stuff. Um, but the, yeah, it's all about sphere of influence. Like Russia wants to get that power back and uh, they clearly think the best way to go about that is to kind of reclaim their uh, authority over a lot of former Soviet countries, uh, Ukraine being one of them. So uh, it's just, it's a really sad thing to see, uh, especially because Ukraine didn't do anything to provoke it. Uh, from everything that I've read, they were really on the up and up as a country. Uh, and Slonsky has been doing a really good job and he won the election by a very large margin. So uh, it was clear that the country was all kind of on the same page as much as Russia would like to make that seem like that's not the case. Uh, so it's just really sad to see like a country that's been through so much and is now trending upward just be devastated by something that's not too much more than like a country wanting to keep its ego and its status where it is uh we yeah. recorded previously and you mentioned the oil thing i don't know if you want to talk about that but it's kind of a secondary motive but like it's not enough to justify this obviously well i mean one of the 
things as this conflict's happening that, I mean, not being an expert, I've been trying to understand is like, you know, really what benefit happens from a, you know, Russia taking over Ukraine. And yes, they'll argue that, you know, Russian propaganda will say it's the same people, but that doesn't really make sense, especially if a war is being fought for this to happen. Um, but like, is it, if Ukraine joins the EU and NATO, is that what they're trying to prevent? Which is, you know, one of the main things that, that analysis an analyst think analysis analyst. Analysts. One of the main things that analysts think, or, you know, you know, Russia's like 40% of their GDP's oil and as oil slowly dies down, you know, is that perhaps a reason why, you know, Russia is making their move now. They have a younger declining population is now their time to make their move. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that could be, or it could just be ego. And that's one of the things I struggled to understand because like is a war worth fighting in this case where so many people are going to die over a million people have been displaced. It just causes so much harm. And what is the positive? And from what I've read, like there isn't a very clear, you know, this is what like almost every war has ever been fought about money. And I guess there's a monetary aspect, but it, 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 I don't know. That's one of the confusing things. And it's been really geopolitically interesting because obviously the West has had a very indirect involvement, so they can't have boots on the ground, but they've been sending money and arms and food and humanitarian aid. And, you know, the big thing has been both social and economic sanctions. Um, Like almost all Russian propaganda media, state-owned media has been banned from social media. And, you know, many places on the internet, iPhones aren't being sold in Russia. Uh, UEFA moved the Champions League final out of Russia, banned Russian teams from competition. Uh, You know, Russian planes can't fly in American or EU airspace. You know, all the, or several of the oligarchs, money has been freezed, assets in France, you know, the UK are, you know, being frozen. It's, you know, it's a whole lot of indirect things that are happening that it's just destroying the Russian economy. And you're kind of like, do they keep fighting this? What's the benefit? It seems like they're not backing down. I know you were talking about that a little earlier. Like, what's the point where how much internal suffering needs to be had where they're like, is it still worth it? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question, but it's a very geopolitically complex situation and put on top that Russia's nuclear power and they've, you know, put nuclear forces on standby, which, you know, isn't, doesn't Clearly a scare mean tactic. It, well, it's, it's proven to be a scare tactic. Like that's in the public Russian military strategies is this tactic, but it's still concerning nonetheless. And I don't know, it's, it's just so complicated and just a, you know, travesty is, I don't even know if that's a word, but yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And I don't think you mentioned this, but I think you're kind of alluding to it. Like if 
Russia did get what it wanted and it was able to take full, um, you know, technical control over Ukraine. Like they're not going to be able to control the Ukrainian people. Like they're going to keep fighting them and it's going to be miserable for um, whatever puppet government they put in there, which they've like tried to do in the past. And it just, it hasn't worked because Ukrainian people are their own people uh, clearly as they've shown throughout all this. So yeah. it's, it's like, you're not even really going to get what you want, even if you get what you think you want. And for that to happen, I mean, you haven't seen as much, uh, like it took a couple of days before Russia started really going after civilians and just um, like heavy shelling of cities. Um, like obviously their approach was uh, kind of blocked in some way, but you know, supply chains are starting to get cut off. The internet is getting cut off. Electricity is starting to get cut off. Like it, you know, it's people thought this was going to be either. I don't know. A lot of people were estimating that it was going to be a very fast thing. Uh, yeah. Like the, the Ukrainian people have been, you know, standing in front of tanks. Everyone's taking up arms. If you're a man between 18 and 60, you can't leave the country. Like, I don't know. People, it seems like they'll either fight until, you know, the death or like until the population is just so cut off and struggling so bad where they have to surrender. It just seems like whatever the end result is, it's not good for anybody, which I guess that's just how war is, I guess, right? Yeah. I mean, usually though, like you'd think uh, at least the victor would kind of get more so what they want out of it but like just even now it just seems like it would just be never-ending conflict and like the ukrainian people would never see uh accept the russian government as legitimate so it's just it's a really sad situation because it's just very clearly um you know there are no winners and um you know ukraine was a very up-and-coming country and you know they didn't really like they didn't do anything to provoke this uh really they just wanted to join you know the eu and now nato like which yeah i if i was ukraine i would want to as well uh so you can't blame them for that and that obviously doesn't give russia any legitimate reason to invade them so just really sad to see um but i mean the international response has been really impressive uh obviously it's just not feasible to you know have boots on the ground um like that would just you just, you can't do that you just can't um, that's, but, that's where escalation comes in yeah you, like it that would be a whole different thing but uh the, the international response like it's just been crazy uh, and i don't know if that's kind of relating to covid like how that became a very international response and we had you know medical teams all over the world that were able to develop vaccines and um all that to try to mitigate uh COVID as much as possible so i kind of wonder if this more global response is um something that we'll see more of when there's big events like this uh yeah i don't directly affect like all these other countries like if it'll be more global uh, response one way or another to 
just all this kind of stuff. Well, I, I don't know exactly what it's a result of, but, you know, the amount of sanctions that have, I mean, it's been uh, a very geopolitically smart, um, well-planned-out response. Like, in terms of getting the, all of the EU to agree on something is notoriously impossible to do. And, you know, directors in the EU were, like, having committees you know, having meetings with different people and using their word against different people and like totally constructed or kind of, you know, really, I don't, there's a word I'm looking for. They've made it happen um, to get some of the EU sanctions. And then uh, a lot of the U.S.'s intelligence strategies has slowed down Russia. Um, you know, some of the information, informational, you know, warfare, they call it. Uh, like, it's been a really interesting response from the international community, both politically, socially, economically. And uh, I guess I'd just say, you know, hoping that, I don't know what the end, a peaceful end result would be, but just hoping for the best for the people of Ukraine. And uh, I don't know, hopefully that a safe results where less people get hurt is uh, in the near future. I don't I don't know what that would be. I don't know what that looks like, but I think that's what we're yeah. all hoping for. Yeah, and um, just kind of as we mentioned, um, kind of international responses and uh, punishments for Russia, um, you kind of see these type of things that, uh, like Russia's been banned from the World Cup, I think you mentioned, which... I think we both agree with, but it is kind of like a separation of government and people, especially in a very authoritarian government that like, obviously yeah, those I elections are not. I mentioned that to you earlier. I don't know if it was exactly the World Cup. It was UEFA banned them. I don't know. There's been a whole bunch of bans That on type of thing. People, yeah. Who like don't really have a direct, like it's not like the Russian center forward is deciding to invade Russia and you just kind of wonder like is punished. It's kind of the same thing as the Russian Olympic committee kind of, but not really. It's like, is punishing the people like the right decision when it's not directly government. Um, and especially when you see stuff like people protesting in uh, Moscow and stuff, and which is just, like incredible to see knowing the kind of stuff that the Russian government would not hesitate doing to its own people. Um, and that should be kind of praised just as much as, uh, you know, U Ukrainians fighting back and against the Russian invasion. Um, yeah. So just to correct there, Russia was banned from international competition by FIFA, which okay. I don't know. I think, I think those kind of bans are fair. I mean, that's really unfortunate, but like you don't want the Russian people to suffer, but that's also kind of how we, we hope. I mean, even if it's an author, author, authoritarian government, that's sort of how you get things to, to be done. If the population's suffering, there's a certain level where you need to focus on things back at home. But anyway, I don't yeah, know. And obviously, but, yeah, go ahead. And obviously, like, banning 
a country from a soccer competition is not exactly suffering but that's just a very easy example to kind of point at that can yeah kind of be applied to a lot of different things yeah i think especially the amount of lives that are being lost them not being able to play in a world cup is just such a minuscule problem in the world compared to that yeah and i guess just lastly uh, i wanted to bring up like uh along with the international response has kind of been the immigrant response which you know has been great uh, a lot of very open borders a lot of no need for visas in a lot of european countries especially um and it's the kind of thing you want to see from um an international response know, to crisis yeah exactly but it also <laughs> raises the question like where was this when it wasn't white people and it wasn't europeans like it's it's there's not that much of a difference between these immigrants and ones from syria and afghanistan and like all those countries so i mean there's one big difference very aesthetic difference that uh i i'm very sure is a pretty big reason on why a lot of people are a lot more accepting of these uh, refugees than from other countries so it's just I think to keep in mind, especially uh, years down the line when this exact thing is happening to other countries and it is happening to other countries like right now, like in Yemen and, uh, and such, I think that's a civil war. But, you know, obviously war refugees, war is horrible. A lot of people involved in war didn't actually cause it or do anything to, um, you know, make it happen. It's usually just government uh, fighting each other, not the people. So... Uh, you just you'd like to see this kind of response for all types of people, all uh, ethnicities and such, which is you know unrealistic, sadly. But but it does make you think. Yeah, you're a hundred percent right. And there's been a couple other cases where you're like, this is a horrible thing. I mean, there's been a mostly very very positive response, but there's been a couple, you know, points of inconsistency like that. But I think I'd I'd like to end the segment on. You know, that's a very important note, but I'd just like to end it with hoping for the best and safe resolution to, you know, I don't even know what the, you know, best word to use is. Uh, I don't know. Hoping for safety for the people of Ukraine. And wow, there's just so many, so many loud cars going by. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Help me out here. Like, you want to say it's a you want a peaceful resolution and stuff, but at the same time, you don't want that peaceful resolution to be Russia getting what it wants. So yeah, hoping for a good resolution that I don't know. Hoping hoping for safety of for the people of Ukraine and that hope that a war can be limited and people can stay safe. I don't know that it was just not smooth at all, but I think by my feeling i think your point was across yeah so anyway this will wrap up the first half we'll be right back for a little bit of a butchered conversation uh with neil what is going on everyone welcome back to 13th year podcast this is episode number 23 part two this is a re-recording i know uh in part one here we were kind of like uh you know our conversation with Neil wasn't too coherent. 
Tim and Jack weren't really too prepared. So we got Neil back here. Jack's not here. Jack didn't answer my FaceTime, but it's a Saturday night. There's no like test coming up or anything. So everyone's in better spirits. I'm looking on the FaceTime here. Neil's got some nice colored lights in the background. I got some colored lights. The mood yes, sir. is a little romantic. <laughs> yes, sir. What's going on? Oh, uh, nothing much. I've just been studying a little calc, or I mean chem, because I have a midterm Wednesday night. But no, nah, I'm I'm happy right now. Like I'm feeling good. I'm feeling loose. It's the you weekend. Exactly. Like, might as well, like, let loose a little bit for one night. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what you mean by that, but I it sounds like just you know, like good. a movie night, like a sober movie night. Like, I might watch some, like, Boba Fett. You know the new Boba Fett that came out? I gotcha. Yeah, and Will, you said Will's Will's not in the room right now. You said he's watching Batman? Yeah, he's watching Batman, but, yeah. We're going to watch Batman tomorrow, though, together as a couple. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, wait, so he's re-watching Batman? Yeah. Wow. I heard it was really good. Who's he going with? Uh, I don't really want to talk about it. It's not... I don't think I should talk about it. It's like no, it's it's not bad. Like it's like with some friends of his, like ten or twelve people. Oh, he's got a, uh, yeah. No, I got no hate. No hate. Uh, yeah, I think he'll. I think we'll probably have Will on soon because he has some exciting news that I don't really want to share. Yeah, he has a lot of info to tell the friends of ours. Yeah, so he's got a whole lot of stuff to share with the pod. Are you? There's some weird sounds coming from your end. Um. Yeah, so he'll probably bad, be on then. maybe next week or the week after. Uh, my my, I'm Perfect. starting tomorrow. I'll be working like crazy for a week, so it might be a little bit of delay on the pod, but we'll have Will on. That's fine. But yeah, things things are good. So you're in Buffalo right now. It's a little cold there. Uh, it's actually 52 right now. Seriously? So yeah, as the night progressed, it got hotter because it's gonna rain all day. It's I think it's like a warm front. I didn't take Earth Science, but I think it's a warm front right now. Yeah, because you, you just texted me that you were walking outside for a little while. So, luckily, the bus that wasn't on the tracker came through. And, like, I, I, I like, pulled my thumb up. Like, you know, the like the symbol for, like, yeah, giving like me a, a hitchhike. Give me a ride. Like, I told that to, like, like scoop me up. Like, I'm not trying to walk. <laughs> and they pulled through. Yes, sir. Respect. That's, that's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, you said... It was gonna take you like a half hour to walk, and then you text me like yeah, it, it's it, it's like a mile away, so it take me like 15, 20 minutes. I I would have ran, but I was wearing slides, so. I guess it's March, so like the season's kind of changing in Buffalo, right? Like it's slowly getting a little warmer. Yeah, slowly, very slowly. Is there still snow? Um, on the ground, yes. There's like big piles of concrete plus snow, and since the concrete melts in between like the intramolecular forces, the snow can't the snow's melting point is higher. I got you. Intramolecular forces. Like collagative properties. I feel that. I feel that. So, I mean, you're kind of just like leading the path for us. Uh, You're doing engineering these days. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I had a physics exam today, but I think I got like at least an 85, but I I was hoping for 100 because I've took physics like this is my third year now. So I should be getting 100, but I I, I think I got like at least an 85. Which I'm happy for, obviously, because I want a 4.0. But yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's been. I mean, I'd say, are you probably the three quarters of the way done with uh, 
your first year of college year? Just about that, right? Um, just about, yeah. I'd say like so fifteen plus thirty, thirty divided by or um fifteen plus five, twenty divided by thirty, which is two thirds. So point six 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 away, you know. That's good though. That's exactly two thirds. Yeah. Yeah. So two thirds into your first year here, engineer student, what's what's on your mind? What you thinking? And uh yeah, um, how- I don't know, man. I don't know my job. I've had some few thoughts about switching majors, but that's what happens when you like pick such a hard uh, major. But I, I mean, th- engineering I, is I would, like the hard major. Like that's especially chem- chemical engineering is the hardest because you think chem, physics, math. Like civil engineers don't have to take chem. In- um, but I don't know. I, I like part of me wants to become a math professor, like a Calc 3 professor or like a differential equations professor. Professor, yeah, I just, <laughs> um, it would be fun, you know, like being a professor would be fun in my opinion. That's, that's not something I expected to come from you. I don't, especially you, you like our friends, our friends' parents are professors like Jordan and Toby. Yeah. I don't know though. Like it's a, hmm. It's a lot of it is, school. It's a, yeah, like you you don't get much sleep because you have to grade these like stupid kids. I cut that out. You have to grade these kids. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, but even before you can become a professor, you got to get your like. Yeah, you have to get your, which is stupid. But oh well, I don't I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Um, I would like to stay on Cup Engineer because I want to work for Tesla, but we'll see how life goes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean that's a. As like you got your passions and you got your ideas, but you don't need to have like a perfect plan. And I'd say yeah. in talking to some other people who, I mean, I mean, you definitely know. Like we got some friends who are still trying to, you know, on their path, trying to find their interest a little bit. So you're part of the way there, you know. Neil's um, taking wait, a quick, you, quick. Neil's taking a quick said. break as he uh, is checking his Snapchat. Everybody. Oh, uh, can you repeat it again? <laughs> What's going on in the uh, Snapchat from Neil Shaw? Uh, nothing. Nothing? I'll tell you after. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I was, I was just saying, you got your interest and, uh, you know, you don't need to know exactly what you want to do, but you got some ideas and that's good stuff. Yeah, I like I like Kevin Calc a lot, so I would like to work in that field kind of. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's like a perfect situation to be in. So yeah. one other thing that you mentioned to me as we were prepping for this episode, uh, kind of accidentally. Well, first, I was looking at Will's side of the dorm room. Do you want to just comment on how organized he is? Um, it's a little messy right now, but he ha- he does have valid excuses. Um, there is a jar of salsa right now that I can see, but I hope it's unopened because after you open a jar of salsa, you're supposed to put it in the fridge. There's a what? Uh, a jar of salsa, like some Tostitos salsa. Oh, a jar. Gotcha. So I hope it's unopened because if it's open, then you're not supposed to keep it out. But um, yeah, he's been really busy nowadays. You'll find out next next weekend. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he's he's been a good roommate thus far. Yep. And we're kind of saying that you guys have uh, like grown super close. He's kind of your... Uh, yeah, I mean, we live like six feet apart. <laughs> yeah, well, what were, what were you saying beforehand? It was like <laughs> he knows he knows like uh, I don't know you you explain. Oh that. yeah, yeah. I mean, he knows like everything about my life. I know everything about his life. Um, it's it. I don't know. It's cool. Like 
I don't know. You feel? Sort of. I feel like there's a little more coming. Uh, not right now. <laughs> not right now. It's cool. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, that's good. It's good to you know have that person. Yep. I like it. I like it. So anyway, what else have you been up to? You you texted me a couple of days ago and you were like, something about some guy get got dunked on. You mentioned your. Oh yeah, yeah. Team. So I play an intramural team. So my team was up at nine, and the so we're in the casual league, but the competitive league was playing before us, and one guy got dunked on. Like he tried to take a charge. He did. I think legally it was a charge, but no one cared. Like the refs are students. Like Sam Cornish was there. He was a ref. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure the people who are listening know Sam Cornish, but um, it was. I like. I'd never witnessed something like that because at Blanding, no one can dunk over someone, but like this six five kid just obliterated like this guy and like holy there's a good, there's, up, a, there's a lot of words that are gonna need to cut out from that that's fine that's fine but um this guy got ripped in the ass like what the like <laughs> i feel bad for his family dude imagine coming back home from that and just saying it's <laughs> so graphic so graphic and uh, then it went, it went it went into double ot and the guy who dunked ended up winning so it's kind of lit so why are you in the competitive league? Because I'm not good. My, I mean, my team is... I mean, I'm also not good. But these guys are like seniors, like black seniors. Okay, I can't say that. They're they're athletic seniors who have played basketball in high school, so I can't compete with them. Yeah. So the, is like, are you competing at all in the casual league, or do people not care much? Yeah, we did end up losing that game. <laughs> We're 2-1 right now. So who's, like, who's on your team, or? friends of yours or is it like you just joined it coincidentally or what? i'm just i'm friends with two of them and then the rest are friends with the two of them that i know gotcha do you guys have a cool name i don't remember uh nolan was nolan's intramural teams the what oh is it? yeah the um oh i know it. the devil's advocates that's a pretty good name i low-key forgot what our team name is i think it's something buffalo but i forgot that's kind of lame horns up though horns up always Always. Have you gone to any of the uh, like actual UB basketball team games? No, nah, not even one. Even though they're giving out free shirts, no, nah, I just don't care. Not even one? Because are they going to be in the March Madness tournament? Are they any good this year? I Literally, I have no idea. Like, I'd rather just focus on my grades and that BS basketball team. <laughs> you gotta, the language is a little severe. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure you know. <laughs> So they're, are they good or are they not good? I, I literally have no idea. You have no idea? I don't know the record at all. Bro, if I was at Buffalo, I would be going to every one of those games. Yeah, but like, I don't know. Because the thing is, I don't have my car and their games are like like 1.5 miles away. And I'm not trying to walk that far, especially in the cold. So yeah, I really, me and Will don't end up going at all. I thought you ended up bringing your car, no? No, I'm going to bring it after spring break. Okay, I got you. So you're going home for spring break? Yes, sir. I know some people got some exciting plans for spring break. I don't know what you and Will will end up doing, but Toby's going to Fort Lauderdale. Jordan might go oh, to Florida. Yeah. Wait, who else? Who's going to Florida? Jordan? Jordan. That's lit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to save Florida till like spring or summer break, you know, get some more time. 
I mean, we don't even need to go to Florida summer break if we want to go to the beach. Like True. in the summer, like Cape Cod's nice. Yeah, I like the idea of doing something like that. Like, like even like, I mean, I don't know what we'll end up doing. Also, you and I are going to do some refing, right? We got to make some cash. Yeah, I, I definitely do have to make some cash. If you know, you know. But yeah. um, spring break's interesting because I have my midterms right after that week, which is it's it's not really smart. Like as Wait, a teacher, why would you after spring break? Yeah, like I have a Matt. I don't know if the viewers know who Matt know what MATLAB is. But no, I have I a don't. MATLAB midterm. It's like an engineering coding system, like Python. Gotcha. It's more user friendly, so I guess it's easier, but not for me because I've never done coding in my life before. But I have a coding midterm Wednesday and then a physics midterm Saturday morning. Yeah, it seems like really poor planning to have all the midterms after spring break. Yeah, but I guess academically it's smart because then I can study. But I'd rather. Just I guess actually, one. yeah. I guess for people that want to. St- I mean, like, you probably won't end up studying too much during spring break. I'll try. I'll try my best. But because the thing is, me and Will's spring break is a week after everyone else's. So we well, will. We, not we might have a lot of spring break. Who else? There's the other SUNYs. Nah, all the SUNYs. Binghamton's a week before us. Okay. Yeah, I guess yours, yours is a week later than most, but. Uh, yeah, I, I spoke to Eric a couple days ago and it's looking like he might go to Buffalo. I don't want to speak necessarily for him, but I don't think that's true. What do you mean? That's deep. Wait for spring break. What? Eric Wait, Romero. Come to Buffalo? Oh, Eric, Eric Romero. Bro, you got to specify. Oh, sorry. That's, I'm sorry. Eric Romero is going to attend university of buffalo looking most likely yeah he is i talked to him a lot yeah he, he said that he talked to you so would you recommend you be to a fellow lad so as a non-biased individual i don't know his other recommendations but i'd say no i don't know what his major oh his major is like criminal science i think yeah but Buffalo, every day, it's windy, it's cold, it's, I don't know, man. Um, I'd say, it okay. Is ve- it is very fun on the weekends. But I'd say schools in New York, though. I would I would say. Oh, school. UB is, like, one of the best, like, state schools in, U- in this, uh, New York. Yeah, like, compared to, like, hearing what people think of Bing. 100%. UB if you want a yeah. good education, along with a lot of fun, especially in a rural area like this, hundred percent. That's why I well, picked the school because I was going to go to Stony Brook. It's it's not that rural. Uh, North Campus is pretty rural, I'd say. No, it's it's literally it's definition suburban. Oh, suburb. Oh, yeah, rural's the third. Yeah, yeah, suburban, it's, suburban. I bet. And it goes rural, both, suburban, and then urban. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an urban campus. I mean, no, it's I guess it's probably suburban. No, no, it's suburban. North campus is suburban. Uh, South campus is urban. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Like, I think I don't know. I've heard. I mean, we have a lot of friends who are in Western New York at like, you know, Colgate, Bing, uh, Geneseo. Yeah, it's definitely Cornell, more. It's definitely and, more, like, urban than them. Yeah, which I think is a good thing. It's it's perfect for me. Like I like it, but the wind is annoying. But 
I wouldn't change it for Stony Brook. Yeah, like the wind and like the wind. Well, Stony Brook. I don't know when we so we had Peter on the pod a couple months ago, and he talking to him about Stony Brook. It seemed he was pretty positive about it. I and being able to be close to New York and I don't know Stony Brook actually seemed super nice. After I talked to him, I was like, yeah, Stony Brook sounds if, sick. If you like the city and stuff, yeah. I just like but, a more like low key chill vibe, especially. You, you I was like also the, really far from my laptop, so my bad. But um, yeah, I like. I'd rather go to UB than Sunnybrook because of the suburban like aspect. Yeah, I got you. I got you. But let's see what what else is going on in uh, in Neil's. There's 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 something that I want to say about an event you have coming up, but I'm not allowed to say anything about it. You are definitely not allowed to say anything. Um, yeah. Your boy has been like spreading the horizons. Um, has been. I don't what? know. Spreading the horizons. What does that mean? Meeting new people, talk to new people. You know, the more connections, the better, in my opinion, especially for engineers. I know my dad can always get me a job, but um, I've gone on Indeed a lot. <laughs> Um, trying to get more connections. Um, trying to build my resume. I've joined like some, like engineers for Sustainable World Club. So, oh yeah, I'll talk about my research program. So, one day this professor came to our engineering class to explain the research program he's doing. It, it involves yeah. clean water for third world countries. It's so like spreading out uh, clean water for third world countries like India and South Southern Africa. And as a young kid, I watched this one Indian movie. Um, this really brought me inspiration. So I emailed the professor. I talked to him in person, and then he told me to email me after him. And I emailed him, and he never responded. So I was really upset. Like, I've never felt that, like, sad before, like, real sadness. Because I really, like... This is the first time I've actually been passionate about something academic. But I think I'm going to go to this office hours soon and then ask like, if I can join the research program. Yeah, that would be. That sounds like a program that's worth pestering your way into. Exactly. Yeah, I'm sure I'm, like, I'm, you got to like, get face to face to make that kind of yeah, thing happen. Yeah, especially with. Oh, UB lifted its mask mandates um, tonight, today, actually. So. I want him to see my beautiful face, you know. <laughs> he's going to see your beautiful face and he's going to be like, we need this guy to help us exactly. research clean water. I, I Like, genuinely, I want to go to India and change the world there because I don't want my home country to be, like, lagging behind, which is, it, it, it's <laughs> it's probably not going to happen during my generation, like, my lifetime, but I want to put it in the right path. Yeah, so that's, I mean, this is a question, uh, who do we ask? When we had Tommaso on a couple weeks ago, and we were asking him about Italy, and he was like, he doesn't think he'll ever live in Italy, like for an extended period of time. Do you think that you'll spend an extended period of time in India? Personally, no. Um, especially, I don't know. If my parents are living there, then obviously yeah, because I want to spend a lot of time with my parents, but. I think my parents are going to go to like Florida to get a house there. So I probably wouldn't live like long term in India. I'd probably just go there for a research program or like a project of mine. Like I can like, individually also do something to change the world there without like, like there, 
I got you. I got you. Yeah. I don't know. I I do like U.S. a lot more because you have much more freedom. You have the ability to like build a franchise up, like my parents did. Like my parents are like I like I respect them so much because they left their whole family to come here, build a business. My dad like literally would sleep like two hours a day. Like I owe it to them a lot to try and change the world. Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's inspirational, and I'm. I th- I'm sure that you will. I I hope so, you know. I do yeah. want to change the world. I don't care about the money. I mean, I do kind of, but I do want to change the world. Yeah, you're not, I mean, you're not chasing the, you're not doing it to chase the money. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's just a great sentiment. And uh, yeah, I think that's a perfect kind of piece to end on. I think. Yeah. Everyone out there listening, just try and change the world. Don't change, don't chase the money. Just, just do what you want to do. You know, it doesn't matter about money because pure happiness comes from doing what you want to do. That's I I agree a hundred percent. I think that's I think that's a great. great Especially you because you're in Puerto Rico right now. You you do what you want to do to change. You you are definitely changing the world right now. I I mean I I'll be on a roof putting solar system in tomorrow so exactly that's what's up bro piece by piece but anyway piece by piece i think i think this this recording was a lot better than our last one where you're giving some great advice now i think the advice we were getting from you uh in the last recording was about uh a bad day it was not (laughs) (laughs) but anyway Um, thank you so much uh of course i love talking to you boy oh that was you cut that out (laughs) Why do I have to cut that out? I'm not cutting that was cringes. Yeah, so thank you so much for uh, joining us and talking for a little bit here. I think it was of course. a great. It's always great talking to you. We'll have you back on soon, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you in May. I mean, you're. What time do you finish up? It's like third week of May. Third week of May. So from from the third week of May, you and I will have to grind and make some money doing some yep. refing and such for a couple weeks, and then do some projects maybe some trips or something i mean i'm looking forward to it so thank you so much for joining always a pleasure talking to you and uh, i'll see you in late may yep i'll see you man all right bye-bye